Welcome to A Meaningful Mess, a podcast for educators that believe that it's okay for learning to be messy as long as it's meaningful. I'm your host, Andy McNair. I'm a wife, mom, author, speaker, and passionate educator. I believe in the generation of learners that sit in today's classrooms, and I absolutely love helping other passionate educators find meaning in their mess. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome to A Meaningful Mess. So I am trying something new today. I'm not going to lie, I'm super nervous. <laughs> trying something a little bit different in that we are now going to live stream the podcast episodes. In other words, it'll be live on Facebook and you'll be able to listen to it on your podcast. So whatever works for you, I think this is going to be really cool. But this first time, it might be a little bit, little bit tricky, but I'm figuring it out. But I am super excited to have a guest on today. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, I'm going to introduce her in just a second. Um, but as you guys know, I have my five core beliefs and, and I talk about those often because they really are kind of what anchored me in my teaching practice. And one of my core beliefs is that I believe every learner deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions during the school day. So what that means is You'll, you'll notice, I didn't say, you know, gifted learners deserve the opportunity too. And we're gonna talk about that because oftentimes Genius Hour gets rolled into gifted programs. And I think it's a great idea for gifted programs. Don't get me wrong, I think it's awesome for gifted learners. But the reality is giving students an opportunity to pursue their passions is something that all learners deserve. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, I'm super stoked to welcome Corey Camp to the broadcast. Hey, Corey. Hey, Andy. This is super exciting. I love this. I, yeah. I am super excited about the whole video addition to your podcast because it's going to be good. Well, I so appreciate you. So I'm just going to be too, super transparent and say Corey introduced me to this idea. And I thought, you know what, then you can just be the one on when we try it out. And so um, it made so much sense because I had been wanting to do a podcast on this particular topic. Um, and this is something you and I have talked about before. So let's talk a little bit about our history, how we know each other, and then we'll get into the Genius Hour conversation. Yeah, so hey, a Meaningful Mess friends and followers. Uh, I'm Corey Camp. I uh, currently work with an ed tech platform and I do a lot of consulting around changing the way we learn at work, specifically in education. But a lot of that has to do with using video as a tool for reflection and learning. And we know how important reflection is. Um, I get that from my friend Andy when she talks about the four C's plus one R. Um, so I transitioned from my previous job. I was working with Andy uh, at the ESC and we kind of connected actually right over this core belief that that you uh, were mentioning earlier. That's kind of where we, um, I really felt like, oh my gosh, we are gonna be friends. Um, <laughs> but I come from the opposite world of you, Andy. So I know you you taught gifted education and you, you worked with that group and I worked in special education primarily. That was my wheelhouse. And so um, I, I remember one of our first conversations when I was trying to figure out what is this genius hour thing? And hey, that's maybe, 
for more than just a, a gifted group. So I know we've connected on this a million times. So I'm so excited for this, this podcast and to be able to come in and talk a little bit about this with you because it's been a constant in our connection and conversation together. But um, yeah, I'm passionate about all learners, all ages, all levels, really just maximizing the potential of the experience for them so they can be all that they can be. So, and I think everybody deserves the learning experiences like that. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. You know, I hate intros and bios and all that. So I can't believe you made me do that. Well, uh, I'm going to tell a little bit more about our relationship. Corey oh, goodness. <laughs> we have had so much fun. So uh -huh. we work at an education service center um, here in Texas. That is where we worked together for a while until Corey decided to move away. Um, yeah. But we just had so much fun and we were, I am still, Corey was, a digital innovation specialist. And so mm -hmm. our job was really, and my job still is, to help educators really figure out who this generation of learners, who they are, what they need, what they deserve in the classroom, and how we can kind of push the boundaries to figure out how to make learning meaningful for them, really. Mm -hmm. And so this core belief um, is really probably my favorite core belief because mm -hmm. Genius Hour is something that I did in my classroom. But as most of you know, I did Genius Hour with gifted learners. And the more that I have talked about it, the more that I've shared, the more that I have talked to other educators like Corey, the more that I've realized, you know what, this is so important for every learner. And um, so I'm really really excited about this conversation today and to talk about what it looks like and why Genius Hour is important for all learners. So Corey, share a little bit about why you think it's important for all learners. Why is Genius Hour not just something that should be implemented into gifted programs? Yeah. And I just want to take our friends back to, if you can imagine Andy and I meeting in these awful mauve cubicles that we had, which is going to be all new for you when you go back. I know you've had a whole new workplace revamp there at the ESC that I can't wait to see. That's um, exciting. It is exciting. But I remember you were working on a blended learning, the Blended Learning Academy, um, which you had kind of taken on in your new role. And I had supported that for diverse learners. So we got to talking and you were telling me a little bit about Genius Hour. And I was like, Andy, this is like, I hope you don't just do this with Gifted because this is exactly what my population of students that I focus on really needs. Everybody needs this, especially our struggling learners. And by struggling, I mean identified in, in a special program, 504, special education or not. Anybody who is struggling with school really does deserve that that time to develop their learning through their passions. I mean, if we think about our struggling learners, what do we do with those struggling learners? We make them do more of what they struggle with all day long. And if you can think about the experience of a student who struggles with reading and is put in front of text all day long, and it's something that they don't enjoy, or they've got to go to math but two blocks now because they're a bubble kid and they're kind of struggling and we're worried about how they're going to do on the assessment. And so we take away their recess. We, you know, take away some of their lunchtime to give them extra support. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but what do we put back into that pot to help that person grow and really get all of the benefits that something like genius hour and, and passion-based learning does for them? I mean, where do they start to build that connection? They really, my son's a struggling learner and he sometimes 
does not like school. And the thing that makes the difference is the teachers and the activities that they instill. And whenever they have those experiences that don't feel academic, right? Because I didn't yeah. learn anything today. We went, we went and did this and I'm like, buddy, you learned, you learned a lot. Like, just think about the things that you're telling me. We don't have to um, have it that way. And so I just, I just totally jumped in on your bandwagon uh, whenever that day, whenever we met and I was like, okay, this is going to be a thing where we're going to, we're going to talk about this for everybody. And of course, I got to join the digital innovation team after that. I was on the special education team before that. And uh, we did get to do that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely important for every single person. Just like you said, with that core belief, everybody deserves that. And um, we've got to really help, especially our struggling learners, make those connections between what they're passionate about and what they truly want to become and school, right? Yeah. And I think a couple of things come to mind as you were talking. First of all, when we use the word struggling learners, I always mm -hmm. like to say, if we're doing it right, every learner is going to struggle, right? Yeah. It drives me crazy when gifted learners are not given the opportunity to kind of sit in their struggle and to feel what that feels like because mm -hmm. they deserve to know what that feels like. And Genius Hour is great at that, giving them an opportunity to kind of struggle through something and figure it out themselves because you, the teacher, chances are don't know a lot about what they're passionate about. So having to figure things out. So I always like to say just because they are gifted doesn't mean they won't struggle. And just mm -hmm. because they struggle doesn't mean they aren't gifted. Amen. So. I think for sure, thinking about this from both ends of the spectrum, thinking mm -hmm. about gifted students and struggling learners, but the reality is all of our learners should struggle at some point if we're doing it right. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other thing that I talked that I wanted to talk about is you kind of talked about that intervention piece. And that is something that I like to say a lot is so many times in intervention, we want to do harder, faster, more, right? We're going to mm -hmm. do the same thing. It always cracks me up when we want to do the same thing at a different time. So we're going to teach it the same way, but this time we're going to do it during your recess time and hopefully you'll learn it or you're going to come in earlier in the morning or stay after school. And, and the reality is, let's just say it, just doing it harder, faster, more probably isn't going to create the change that we need. Like you were right. talking about with your son, they need something different. And so instead of trying a different time or doing something different, sometimes those students need to learn by doing. Maybe they can't hear it. Maybe they can't uh, see it. But if they can get their hands in there and apply it, that could make all of the difference in the world. And that's really what Genius Hour is. And I didn't think about this, but at the beginning of the podcast, I should have said, if you haven't heard of Genius Hour, <laughs> it is the opportunity to pursue your passions during the school day. And so mm -hmm. it's really that easy. And I'm going to tell you guys later how you can find some more information on that. But I think you really hit on something big when you talked about that, about them just being given an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And really, you know, and I, I have been trained in many sophisticated intervention programs, multi-sensory, and it's all about, we've got to do something different. It, they mm -hmm. did, The whole reading approach didn't work. We've got to go back here and be direct and systematic about what we're doing and bring in the doing part of this. Like we've got to activate additional levels of, and representations of learning. We've got to implement UDL, Universal Design for Learning, into what we're doing. And that can scope, that can look many different ways. It doesn't just mean that that's the genius hour part of it, but it definitely um, means that we've got to change our approach. So if you're doing the same thing, but talking slower, um, <laughs> or if you're just doing it for longer, the same thing, more, more of those problems doesn't mean that the student's going to get it right. There has to be mm -hmm. some 
change that makes that part of that an intervention. And so um, it is amazing what motivation does for our students, right? Right. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So I have, um, speaking of UDL, I want to share and just make these direct connections for mm -hmm. anybody who's who's looking at universal design for learning or working with, um, you know, unique groups of students and wondering what this might look like and why would I consider Genius Hour? I've got so much intervention to do. Where would I find the time? So um, if you could click on that share screen. So this is from CAST. And if you are looking for anything around universal design for learning, cast.org is your place to go. And so this, these are the guidelines and they've revamped their website recently. I used to do a lot of work around UDL. <clears throat> now I do a lot of work around video uh, reflection. But um, when we think about the, the three core frameworks for universal design for learning. And universal design for learning is, is um, a theory that kind of evolved outside of education. You know, if you look at the escalators that we have in malls or um, those buttons that you push for handicap accessibility, or you look at the ramps that are available in addition to the stairs, it's an, it started out in the architecture in looking at how do we provide additional accessibility for people who can't traditionally access our buildings. And so it doesn't mean those things are limited, right? Like how many people will use the escalator versus go and, and find the stairs? I will walk right past those stairs in the mall and go straight to that escalator. And if that one's broken, I'm going to keep walking until I get to the next, next escalator just so I don't have to step up the stairs. And my knees work just fine. <laughs> so <laughs> this is, it's really something that, yeah, it's going to serve those individuals who maybe have bad knees and can't go upstairs or they have to go to the elevator because they're in a wheelchair, they're unable to go up either stairs or escalators. It fits for, for them definitely, but it also works for everybody else. It's like having a graphic organizer that a few students need to grasp a vocabulary concept that's more that's less concrete, but everybody could benefit from that. So why would we only give it to the ones who absolutely need it? Let's make it available for everybody. Mm -hmm. So the three frameworks are kind of the why, and you and I love talking about whys, yes, um, the why of learning. And that's really the big piece that I see Genius Hour having that correlation, but also the what, how we represent the learning. Are we showing this in, in multiple modes, um, offering different ways for them to see and hear um, what it is and, and recognize what it is that we are learning. And then the how, which is the output part of our learning, which is the action and expression, what this might look like as a product. Um, what what that might that be for a student? Um, it could be that they make a movie out of this, or they could do an essay or write a poem or create an art thing or whatever. It could, it could be lots of different things. But I want to go back to the passion part of Genius Hour in that engagement piece, right? When you've got a kid or students who are really disconnected mm -hmm. from school and it's a place that they dread being at, which my son has felt that before, the answer is not more of what they dislike so they can get better and eventually feel success. I've got to find a way to recruit that interest, right? I need to find a way to really optimize that student's interest in what they're doing, which is what I love about 
your, you know, the passion brackets and helping them kind of identify what it is that you're passionate about that you really care about because it's coming from the student. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you should care about this because it's part of our standard. It's let's connect this to what you Brian care about. Yeah. And then let's create something for that. And from that, if they're truly interested in that, you're going to have that sustaining effort and persistence, which is a skill that needs to be built. Right. Um, I, I like to give the example with that of you know, some things are, are they, people can be very, my son really, really wanted to learn guitar. That was his Christmas present last year. He had a guitar from his grandmother for a couple of years. He really wanted to learn how to play it. We got to his first lesson. Those were his, that was his Christmas gift was, was four lessons for guitar and found out that the guitar that he had was just really not a good guitar. And it was kind of broken and unfixable um, from all the years of play strumming on it. So he talked me into a very expensive Fender. I mean, it was expensive for us right after Christmas Fender guitar. And he promised me that for every dollar that guitar was worth was a day of practice he would do. And that lasted for about two months. <laughs> um, so he still loves guitar and wants to play it, but he really struggles. And I've got to remind him of, you know, why? What's your goal? You chose this. I'm not going to make you do it. This is something that you chose for you because you really want to be a musician when you grow up. And so helping yeah. them kind of create some endurance and persistence and build a little bit of grit in there is way easier when you've got something that's highly interesting and, and, and a passion project for them. And then yeah. that self-regulation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I mean, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, it makes so much no. sense that yeah. it, if we can take something that a student is interested in or passionate about, and we can mm -hmm. weave the learning into that, oh my gosh, like, why would you not do that. I mean, it just makes sense they would learn mm -hmm. more through that. And and I always like to tell educators, I understand that there are things you have to teach. I understand that there is testing and accountability and all of that stuff. But to assume that this has to be separate from that, right. I feel like is a mistake. So I think that um, as you were talking about the UDL guidelines, I was really thinking about the six piece of genius hour. You mm -hmm. know, students start with their passion. They work out a plan pitch their idea to the class, work on a project to develop a product and then give a presentation. And I was really thinking about all of those pieces. And I know you're going to continue to talk about those, but all of those pieces fit so nicely into mm -hmm. that process. Um, it just makes sense yeah. to give students that opportunity. So yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. And it, again, it's, this is not, you know, in place of a, you know, direct instruction curriculum that you might have because you need to go back and fill in those gaps. But mm -hmm. what if you augmented all of that with the passion to help tie a beautiful bow around everything for that student and really help yeah. them see, right? And so um, we let students pick, pick their passions and kind of drive what that will look like. Yes, students with disabilities may need some additional supports, right, with within, especially those who struggle with executive functioning, you know, making that plan, they might need a lot more support in setting some short term objectives and some concrete things that they can do and kind of staying on task within those things, but um, doesn't mean that they can't still be a part of that experience and, and still really gain some really effective skills. I mean, it's going to increase those executive functioning skills. It's going to increase the the creativity that they have within that. And then you can weave in all of the, the stuff that you're doing in addition to the intervention and the general education curriculum all into that. So, I mean, yeah. I, it's a, it's a no brainer for me. And if I would have known about a more like your process, the six P's, which is 
my favorite. Um, if I would have had that when I was a teacher in the classroom, I met you, I met you like six years too late. Because uh, when I was teaching, I taught resource special education. And so like that was the thing I was constantly help trying to find ways for students to bring their interests into what they were doing. But it was more of like, let's pick something you like a topic that you like. And with my one student with autism, it was hotels for the first year that I had him. And then the next year it went to fire alarms was everything that he was really passionate about that. <laughs> um, but really kind of finding a way to connect all of those things and having a process to help lead them through all of that, like my writing process did for my students in my writing classes. So yeah. Yeah. And that's it. really, that's really what the six P's do. And I think genius hour, it's about being really intentional and purposeful. I think mm -hmm. that might be my one word for 2020 is purposeful because I need to work on being more purposeful. But I think that when we How think about, about structure, Andy, uh, structure, no. <laughs> no, not my word. Definitely not an Andy McNair word. I wish it was. It's Andy not. McNair has been saying that since as long as I've known her, because it's one of my favorite words is structure. <laughs> it's, it goes hand in hand with purpose for me. And oh. uh, but Andy also, if you're watching on video, you're going to see Andy likes to use these this hand signal a lot. And I'm like, that's a really nice structure kind of nonverbal signal. And she's like, don't. <laughs> oh, yes. So funny. OK, yeah. well, we're going to not use that word again, but, but I, purpose, purpose. I like that. Purpose. I like that a lot. Um, definitely being purposeful about it and thinking through what, you know, I think one of the things we miss, miss with Genius Hour when we're talking about it is how many things we can weave into that. So we've talked mm -hmm. about today, the content in the Genius Hour. I just recently uh, did a podcast on social emotional learning. Yes. In Genius Hour. So the fact that you can weave in life ready skills. So the four C's plus one R collaboration, communication, creativity, critical thinking and reflection, social, emotional learning and your content. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's like like you talked about, it's a way to wrap a beautiful bow around things. One of the things I also want to say is I think sometimes the excuse we have for not doing this with struggling learners is, well, that would just be really hard. Or it would be really difficult for them. Or they Here's can't do that on their own. Right. So yeah, yeah, my students can't do that. Yeah. Here's a newsflash or here's a spoiler alert. Genius hour is hard for everyone. Mm -hmm. Genius hour. I've done genius hour with teachers. It's hard for teachers. It's hard to figure out what am I passionate about? What do I want to spend my time learning about mm -hmm. and being intentional about making those connections? That's not easy for anyone. So I just I always want to take that off the table and say that, no, genius hour isn't easy for struggling learners. But genius hour isn't easy for gifted learners. It's, yep. it's, it's hard and it's beyond their scope of what school looks like. So it's uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. But is it meaningful? Is it worth it? Is it everything that our students, um, I think, kind of secretly hope school will be? Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love that you, you bring that purpose into it because I think that's definitely important. And yes, you'll have to be maybe a little bit more um, cognizant of if you're working with students, you know, in receiving special education services, what, what goals and objectives from that IEP can be incorporated within this. But I mean, yeah, you talk about social emotional, a lot of our students with disabilities do fine academically, but they really struggle in those areas. They need to, you know, learn how to do the, that group work or every single kid under the age of, I don't know, maybe 20 struggles with executive functioning skills in some way I still do. And mm -hmm. um, having, you know, the six P's to kind of help us go through that and, and, and having something to, again, help us sustain 
that and, and maintain that endurance because it's a part of our passion and not just something that I'm doing to turn in for a project for my teacher, but I've got an authentic audience that this is going to be going to. And I really, truly care about it makes all the difference. And I think we can just get so much more accomplished that way with our, mm -hmm. with all of our students. So, and I'm not even talking about both ends of the spectrum. I mean, cause I think everybody across everywhere needs that twice exceptional gifted learners, special education, special needs, any of those things. Um, yeah. Or just average. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way to kind of wrap this up is realize mm -hmm. that it genius hour is for everyone. Every yes. learner Amen. deserves an opportunity. Preach. Preach. Deserves an opportunity to pursue their passions during the school day. And that's just, it is yeah. what it is. There's no getting around it. There's no, I just, it, it makes sense. And, and I think that when we think about our learners who so often are told what they're not good at, mm -hmm. why would we not give them an opportunity to pursue something that they are good? You know, I think about students who we think struggle at school and we don't know what they're interested in. And those kids can go home and put a car back together. Or yeah. those kids go home and speak three languages. Mm -hmm. And yet at school, they're defined as a struggling learner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they go home and can do more than so many of us could ever do. Um, sometimes school just doesn't work for them or doesn't make sense. And so I think if we started making passion-based learning a priority, we would begin to see them in a different light. And we would be able to see our students' strengths Mm -hmm. um, instead of always focusing on their weaknesses. And I think that is so important. And I know mm -hmm. you do as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I can't say it any better. Preach it, Andy. Uh, de <laughs> definitely all of those things. Um, and I love that we, you know, connected this to, to universal design for learning. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's powerful. I know it's a, on a lot of the schools that I'm working with, it's on a lot of their agendas in addition mm -hmm. to all the reading and math initiatives that they have. And so, I'm really looking at how this can fit within that. So if you're not doing this yet, if you're not doing Genius Hour yet, do so. If you are, just take a quick gut check. And are you excluding some students or population of your school because you hadn't really thought about it for a different population? So um, reach out and help someone else get this started, I think would be my, my call to action if I could persuade anyone to do anything. So. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's so important that we, you know, whether it be professional development, you know, I think about so often I listen to a podcast or I go to PD or whatever it is, and then I leave and, and don't do anything with that. And mm -hmm. it's so important to think about that. Well, now that I know this, what am I going to do with it? So I love that you, you mentioned that call to action. I mean, it's stuff. 2020, right? Everyone's going back to school next week. You need yourself a, a prof I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Uh, is that the Jetsons age? We've already surpassed is. Back to the Future. Yeah. I think I saw something about the Jetsons 2020 <laughs> and there's no cars flying around. So yep, nope, no cars I don't need flying a flying yet. car, but I still would really like one of those flying skateboards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, saying. me too. So me too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's coming. We'll keep waiting. But yeah, I think definitely kind of putting something into action. So mm -hmm. that's your action step, folks. If you are not doing Genius Hour, do it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I don't care who you are. And if you are, bring a friend along. I mean, yeah. And if you need to know how, how this would look with a specific population, let us know. Uh, follow us yeah. on Twitter. Andy's got our, our, hash, our hashtags, our <laughs> Twitter handles <laughs> scrolling across the bottom there. We can put them in the, the comments with the podcast. But um, yeah, we'd love to help you out because I think it's powerful stuff. Yeah. Gotta do if, it. 
do. And if you if you want to learn more, you can always go to andymcnair.com and click on Genius Hour and you'll find lots of resources there. Um, I'll hop on on the podcast and actually share a little bit more about where you can find the show notes for this. I'll put that in the comments of the Facebook Live so that you can go find more resources, connect with Corey, connect with me and think about what Genius Hour can look like in your classroom, on your campus or in your district. So I just want to end this by saying, Corey, oh my gosh, it's always so fun chatting with you. I, I cannot tell you guys how much fun Corey and I would have if I could just have a podcast to share the stories. Oh my gosh. I think would. we should do that. I think, I think we should, we would have so much fun. I mean, y'all I'm talking about gut hurting eyes. Won't stop watering. Can't <laughs> even tell another person, our story, poor Josh, how many stories he had to listen to through the both of us trying to laugh through and telling him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good stuff. We I, kept I it real low key wonder, and polished today. <laughs> with wonder us. How many of those stories would really be funny to other people? But Probably oh my gosh. not any of them. You know, that's how best friends roll. Uh, everyone's right. like, uh, you're like, you had to be there. You had to be there. It's so, awesome. yeah. So I just appreciate you being here, Corey. And this was such a great conversation. If you guys have questions, you want to connect. Uh, like Corey said, the Twitter handles are below. You can connect with either one of us. Uh, feel free to, um, to send us a DM however you want to connect. Again, you can go to andymcnair.com, click on Genius Hour to find tons of resources. All So many of the things that we talked about will be accessible there. And then I'll also give the um, show notes in the comments below and later on in the podcast. So thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, Corey Camp, so much. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? Uh, do you know how to end this broadcast? I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. Just I making do. sure, people. <laughs> I love it so much. Thanks, Cole. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to learn with me today. I absolutely love this community and enjoy sharing and learning with you. Check out today's episode notes by swapping up in most podcast apps. If you'd like to learn and connect more, you can follow me over on Twitter at McNairAN3, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Meaningful Mess. You can always find tons of resources, inspiration, and information over on my website, andymcnair.com. Be sure to check out my blog, Genius Hour resources, and so much more. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, I hope that today's episode has inspired you to find meaning in your mess.